Bill Michaels Show. It's the fourth and final hour. Mike Clemens will join us. Got some injury updates. I didn't see this. This came out an hour ago. Hand up, accountability. I need to be better staying with it when I'm hosting this statewide network that Bill has amassed from the lakefront to the riverfront, covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. I miss this. I need to be better. Rob Domofsky, an hour ago, tweeting Jair Alexander back. Parentheses, he's referring to Jair's back. Jair Alexander, parentheses, back, unparentheses, did not have a helmet and did not go outside after stretch. That would lead me to think that he's probably not going to play this weekend. If he didn't participate today, that is typically code for not playing. Elton Jenkins, parentheses, knee, was riding the bike when the team went outside. He came out late yesterday, but today we only see stretch. Devondre Campbell, who has been a DNP, had a helmet and went out. So maybe we get Devondre Campbell back. But Jair Alexander is not trending well. Elton Jenkins, I'm not sure. Seems like Elton Jenkins might be more likely to play than Jair Alexander. The Packers play this Sunday at noon. The The Badgers play tomorrow, and it's the Brett Bielema game. And, and this is being framed as a year removed from one of the lowest points in franchise history. That was when they lost to Brett Bielema at home. I was at Oktoberfest. I had a great Saturday because I tell you what, I'm great at not allowing my sports team's losses, for the most part, to ruin my day. I was drinking uh, Captain Admiral and uh, apple cider, watching the parade go by. Bill was around somewhere. I think he was busting a move down at the Oktoberfest dance. Well, basically, the current era of Badgers football, as we knew it, was crumbling on the field at Camp Randall. So they'll try again against Brett Bielema down in Champaign tomorrow. 608-321-1670. Vagabond John, who listens to us in Madison, is here. Good afternoon, John. How are you? Grant, what a beautiful fall Friday. Oh, my we God, are, isn't we it? We are ready for the weekend. So I tell you what, Vagabond John, because you're a you're a Madison guy. I'm going to be here this weekend. I don't have much going on, and I'm looking to get outside, maybe do a little hike, maybe, maybe take in the foliage because this is probably the peak weekend. It's probably only going to be downhill from here. Do you have any recommendations for a guy like me tomorrow? Where should I go? What should I do? Well, I would recommend, you know, if you're going to take a highway north, and, and go anywhere north, I would highly recommend taking Highway 51 as opposed to that dirt road that's 53. That's um, lunacy. So earlier this week on my show, there? to loop everyone in, we were talking a little bit about highways because I was up near Superior this last weekend. And on Monday's show, I'm like, you guys, Highway 53 is elite. It is great. It is a smooth cruising experience. You have the cross traffic that keeps you alive and awake sometimes. That's kind of fun. A lot of times there's trees in the median, so you can't even see the other side of the highway, the north or the southbound lane. It's a pleasure. And Vagabond John's coming out here and being like, 51 is better? Give me a break. I don't buy into that. I appreciate your love of Highway 51, but no, no, no. Well, I like that we've coined them, right? You mentioned, you know, 53 will take you through the land of God's country, right? Mm -hmm, 51 mm -hmm. takes you to Sin City, Hurley, Wisconsin, baby. (laughs) Is that what they call it up there? Plenty of adults. Well, you know, it's the strip club capital of the world. I mean, how many are there? There's six clubs for 2,000 people. I mean, we're talking a ratio that's off the charts. I can't go into that town. You know, without everybody, you know, bring friends up there. Oh, we got to go see your classmates. I mean, it's it's a, it's a party town for sure. Grant, there's, there's like 30 bars on the main street. There's more bars on Silver Street than there are on State Street, or at least there were pre-COVID. I know COVID kind of messed everything up. But the before anyway, times. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry to course. derail you and, and to force you to talk about that. I, I think you probably wanted to talk about Badger football, so let's do that. 
Well, it's an exciting fall weekend. You know, we're excited to cut the grass. We got uh, a backyard tailgate tomorrow that we're hosting. We've got steaks from, you know, Miller and Sons. Got to get the ads in uh, that we're on Phil's show. But, you know, we're, we're, ha- we're hosting about 40 people in our backyard to get together to watch the Badgers play at Illinois in the ultimate Jim Leonard revenge game. And just a couple notes on the series that I didn't really realize. This series is pretty close, right? Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's currently ahead, 44 wins to Illinois uh, to 38 losses, right? So Illinois has got 38 wins. The last 10, Wisconsin's dominated, eight and two. Uh, so it, it's a series that recently we've been, you know, doing well at. But Brett Bielema, we know he can run a consistent, solid program. They just beat Maryland, which you know. Um, talking with Penn State and Ohio State fans, you, you hear some of those guys, you know, turning one eye at Maryland and saying that's no longer uh, a doormat, you know, program. So Illinois topping them was kind of turning their season around. So they're looking to capitalize and continue momentum, whereas Wisconsin is at the total opposite end of the spectrum where within our community it feels like the sky's kind of falling. So these programs are entering this weekend from total, like two totally different angles. I'm excited to see kind of what happens. So I thought Illinois was having a, a disaster of a year, at least from, from where they were last year. They were a good team last year, and I don't think it was a fluke that they came in and beat Wisconsin as, as handedly as they did. This year got off to a little bit of a, an inauspicious start, but Maryland, I agree. Maryland will always flirt around with Ohio State, even if it's just for a quarter or a half. That mean wins something to me. Um, that, that win means something to me, not the other way around. I'm not really sure what to expect from Braden Locke. And from the Badgers tomorrow, I was saying earlier, if you're going to be an air raid team, be an air raid team and commit to it 100%. Don't all of the sudden on third and one bring in a jumbo package and line up Tanner Mordecai under center, which is something that he's never done. I think this team has a little bit of an identity crisis, and and that is to say, pick your identity and stick with it. We've brought in Phil Longo. We've brought in Phil Longo's guys. So run his scheme start to finish for better or worse. Yeah, it's it's. There's definitely an identity crisis. And earlier, you know, over the summer, I tried to coin the term dairy raid. I recognize a lot of people are using it now. Um, Dairy raid might be a problem, right? A dairy raid infers that we're trying to mesh Wisconsin's old with Phil Longo's new. And to your point, it might just be confusing for the players, right? I mean, I coach sales reps. That's my daytime job. And if I'm trying to coach them on two different philosophies at the same time, Mm -hmm. often leads to a lot of confusion. These young players they're all learning a new system they don't necessarily know exactly i'm putting this front this foot first i'm running this route i need to block this guy it seems like particularly in the box and the blocking in the offensive line this team's loaded with four and five stars talent so people out there saying the cupboard's bare you know talking about the offensive line those guys are talented and if you're an offensive tackle scheme doesn't really make that much of a difference right it's this is not oh, well, it's a passing running back versus a a grounded pound running back. These offensive linemen are all talented, and it just, to your point, teaching them two different schemes at the same time, changing up the way that they're blocking every play, just doesn't seem like, uh, you know, letting these guys play fast, have fun, and go out there and, you know, kick some butt. Do you teach sales in more of a Bobby Ingram way or a Phil Longo way, would you say, to your employees? I think I teach sales uh, more of a Jim Leonard way where ah, I, okay. you know, reflect on my time in the pros, my time as an individual contributor out there, and I use and rely on 
my own experiences uh, to try to teach how I would handle situations. But I, I'm excited to see what Jim Leonard, you know, and kind of it's a little overblown, right? He's not a coach officially. He's an he's a assistant analyst type role. But you got to think that's going to, you know, play an impact certainly for these players. Not only was their head coach fired after this team last year, but now, you know, there's a guy who many of them love dearly who's over there working for the other side. So, a lot of, lot of storylines going into this weekend. Are you going to this game? I know you detest going to games at Camp Randall, but you love traveling elsewhere in the Big Ten and singing the praises of all these other game day experiences. <laughs> no, the next Badger game I'll be in attendance at is at uh, whatever bank stadium in Minneapolis for, for Thanksgiving because that's where the folks are from. So TCF I will Bank, be I see. Taking I-90 over to the great land of, of Minnesota. That's a good drive, um, by the way. That's that a great drive going to lacrosse over through Rochester and then up on 52, I believe. It's pretty. You know, you go through Cannon Falls and you know, hit a couple other spots. The south side of the city is like Rosedale or Rosemont, Rosedale. You see the Coke plant, which is kind of cool. You're like, ooh, what does that big factory do? No one really knows. That's a fun drive. <laughs> I love it. Grant, uh, to leave you, I do have a question, bringing it back to the Packers. Yes. That's going to be, you know, the bulk of the interest. Uh, which coaching staff is under more pressure to perform this weekend? Because I, my opinion, my take, if I were a betting man, I would bet both Wisconsin and the Green Bay Packers lose. Wow. I think it's going to be elite for Sports Talk Radio next week, especially in the way that I think they both lose, uh, low-scoring affairs. So with that in mind, who's under more pressure to have their offense do something, Phil Longo or Matt LaFleur? So I'm going to take this question and run with it. I'm going to let you go. You have an outstanding day, Vagabond John. I appreciate your calls, as always. You as well, Grant. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend. And I'm envious of you going up to the cities. I love driving up to the cities. So I lived in lacrosse for seven years, six years. And the best part about lacrosse, also the worst part about lacrosse, but the best part about lacrosse, is you can drive basically anywhere. You can go up to the cities. It's less than three hours if you go all the way to the lakefront of Milwaukee, it's still only three hours, which is doable if you're going for a weekend. You can go to Madison. You can go up to Eau Claire. I mean, if you really want to, you can go down to Iowa. That's very close. It's a beautiful driftless region. Driving up to the cities from Lacrosse, nothing. It's, it's a two and a half hour drive. Feels like 45 minutes. Cruises by. Rochester's kind of mid, though. Like, respectfully, of course. Like, I don't really. It's Mayo Clinic and then a. I don't really know what's going on in Rochester. I've yet to get a good feel for that city. Maybe I don't spend enough time there. I don't think that's a problem. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a Rochester problem, not a me problem. But Phil Longo or Matt Lafleur? Um, well, Phil Longo's starting Braden Locke, and he's already out Ches Malusi, which is a significant injury. Like I know we love Braylon Allen. We do love Braylon Allen. But being able to run out Malusi, who looked awesome, and it sucks that he got hurt, and I feel for him because he worked so hard to get back. Last year, he was working hard to get right. He finally got right, and then he has another catastrophic injury. I think the more pressure is under Matt LaFleur because you're coming off a bye week. You're playing an opponent who stinks, uh, and you have your starting quarterback for whatever that's worth, and you're getting back your other running back. So Phil Longo will be with half of his backfield without his starting quarterback. Matt LaFleur will have his starting quarterback, will have his full backfield, and be going against a team that just isn't that good. The Broncos just aren't that good. They're not that well coached. They're not that well quarterbacked. Their defense is a nightmare. And, and that's what makes so little sense for me. I don't know how Denver's defense went from unbelievable last year to unbelievable 
on the other side of the spectrum this year. I don't get it. We had Chris Thomason on the other night on my show. He's like, well, they didn't pay it any mind in free agency. You know, they brought in all these players on offense, but they didn't pay any attention to defense. It's like, well, I wouldn't have either. They were like the best defense in football last year. I'm not going out and spending more money and adding more resources to that when it wasn't the problem. So I, I don't think it was a, a neglect of resources or attention. It, maybe it's scheme. You know, Ejiro Overo, where did he go again? Is it Carolina? can't remember but now they have Vance Joseph there's just some of these coaches that can't get defensive coordinators right and Sean Payton is one of them and then he got Pete Carmichael in it or not Pete Carmichael but um Dennis Allen and it actually started to work what Sean Payton and Dennis Allen need is each other because New Orleans invested 30 million in a quarterback they have talent they've invested wide receiver stock and 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 draft capital into their offense and they stink their defense is good though and the Broncos, much of the same. They need each other. Did Dennis Allen make Sean Payton? 608-321-1670. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Mike Clements joins the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031 Michael's show. Welcome back. My name is Grant Bills, filling in for Bill today. But we try to keep some of the same big unit flavors that the show typically has. And that, of course, includes Mike Clemens, who's brought to us by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. And just right down the street from Lambeau Field. It's perfect for a family. And the Bay Restaurant or the Bay Family Restaurant features homestyle cooking seven days a week. It's 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. You can give them a call. 920-494-3441 or go online baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clemens is here. That's rock and roll. That is that ACDC? You tell me if I'm wrong, Mike. I shouldn't embarrass myself by getting oh, that this was article. Kiss, Thank you. That's a flap on my part. That's just the bed. There's also supposed to be a montage uh, that I put in there of Russell Wilson ending every sentence like, yeah, yeah, and we're going to rock and roll. Man. Oh, boy. We're going to rock and roll, like every other sentence. We're going to rock and roll. Thank okay, you for man. leaving that off and saving us all the cringe factor and the annoying factor that Russell Wilson has brought this year. I actually appreciate you leaving that off. 
Uh, we may <laughs> reprise that for the end of the show. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, listen to, listen to Russell Wilson because here's the – you know, Sean Payton said uh, besides – you know, attacking the previous coaching regime led by Nathaniel Hackett, saying maybe one of the worst coaching jobs ever in the NFL, fired before the season, first season was even over with last year with the Broncos. And then, of course, Nathaniel and the Jets, you know, got the revenge by beating the Broncos. Um, was It was interesting as Sean Payton comes in and very full of confidence of himself of turning around this Broncos organization that they had plenty of players to have a winning record, he also, you know, it's like, well, what does Russell Wilson need? Um, he said, you know, he needs to stop. I told him, stop kissing babies. You're not running for office. Yeah. You know, oh, you need right to have yeah. a little swagger. You need to be, to be more of a warrior and, you know, less of a, like a politician. You, you've got the job, but you need a little bit more fight in you. Well, here, here's Russell Wilson now at one and five. He's 6 for 17 in his time in Denver, and he sounds kind of beat up when you ask him about getting up for a game when you've lost five of your last six games. Yeah, you're able to move on and uh, you learn from it. Um, you, you learn from the I – think, I think one of the things I learned a long time ago, you know, uh, early on in my career, probably my rookie year or so, is just, you know, learning what you did well, you know, every, every, after every game, writing down what you did well, um, what you can get better at, what you can clean up. And then, uh, and then having amnesia, I think that you know, no matter how high or how low um, a game is or whatever it is, being able to go on to the next moment, and I think that's trust in the process too. He does sound a little embattled, but he still keeps that that Russell Wilson spirit, where it's that motivational speaker, that, that like the, the the attitude of a Peloton instructor or a personal trainer. Like even when he's battered down and he's lost five or six, he doesn't lose that mic. Right, and Sean Payton. You remember, that was one of the candidates that Ted Thompson was thinking about when he was looking to replace Mike Sherman. Yep. He brought in Brad Childress, who went to the Vikings. He brought in the old family friend, Wade Phillips, who years later got his Super Bowl trophy, finally after all the teams that he coached, and he was the defense coordinator with the Broncos, with Peyton Manning. I got to be right there in the locker room with them and said, hey, I'm just giving congratulations from Ted Thompson and he said, yeah, finally, 50 years of football, and finally we, we kicked down the door and walked through it and you know, raised it to his, his dad, Bum Phillips, who's yeah. passed away. But, and Sean Payton really wanted the Packers job, but he got a job with the New Orleans Saints instead, and he actually beat the Packers by one year of getting the Saints incredibly to their first Super Bowl. And then he probably got burned out at the end. He, you know, after Drew Brees had left, he knew he's, the place needed a rebuild, so he took some time off. And he did some TV, and I'll tell you, man, he's he's sick. He's closing in on sixty. But I I've been monitoring his press conferences this week, and he was asked simple questions like, "So what do you do now with a mobile Russell Wilson?" And he starts comparing it to the nineteen eighty forty niners. I I think in general, and this this goes back to Bill Walsh. You know, he wanted quarterbacks that could move. You know, Montana to to some extent was pretty athletic in the pocket. Then he had Young, who became obviously a, a more of a threat. And so we're seeing more of that. And look, uh, you know, a lot of times when we talk about these off-schedule plays, it's because the pocket is off-schedule a little bit. And, and, you know, we don't live in that perfect world. So we can practice it on seven-on-seven, seven, routes on air. And then um, one of the things that I think Russ does a good job with is 
he will work, you know, certain plays even on air where he'll flush and, and get the reactions accordingly. And, and so, um, you know, that's something that, um, you know, certainly is a plus. I don't even really know what he was just talking about there, Mike. I, I know. I, I'm I'm trying to find a nugget in there. It, it's a little bizarre. It's very Russell Wilson to think even when they're running routes on air, which is what Lafleur said yesterday about Luke Musgrave, when they're not going against a defense, it's classic Russell Wilson to then, while not facing a pass rush, get flushed from the pocket and role play a rusher being in his face. That's classic Russell Wilson. But other than that, I'm listening to him like, what the hell are you talking about, Sean? This doesn't make any well, sense. It's like four generations ago of, of quarterbacks. And, you know, think of all the – the hot new uh, quarterbacks are out there now and things to adjust to. So then, you know, let's go on with our little conversation. Like, okay, now you're playing, you know, uh, a new quarterback in Green Bay and Jordan Love. And where do you think he fits in with this class of quarterbacks? When I first got into the league in 97, it was with the Eagles. And okay. one of my jobs as a young coach was cutting up, you know, all of Green Bay's offense. At that time, it was Holmgren. It was Favre, you know. I had to cut up Sanford. There was like six teams that, that I was in charge of each week. Um, and then over the years, always having coached in the NFC, you know, we saw the transition from Brett to Aaron. Um, man, and you, you don't take that for granted. That's a lot. So I'm sure there's a lot of pressure that goes with that. And, you know, here's another young player that has waited and has this opportunity. And, and so um, – you know, it's it's it is what it is. You know, you, you have a transition like that, and, and eventually, some of these elite players move on, and, and who's next? And, and so, in the meantime, you know, how do you how do you? And I don't want to say young player, but young relative to starting. You know, you 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 help him with good defense, with a running game. You help him with elements as he progresses. And and look, they've they've groomed and trained and. They were drafting quarterbacks as a commodity long before anyone else in the league was. They were drafting Brunel, Ty Detmer, Aaron Brooks, and then trading these players if they, you know, and so they were kind of ahead of the curve, and, and that goes all the way back to Ron Wolf and, and a credit to, you know, everyone that was involved in that process. So Ted Thompson, late Ted Thompson, I, that was, you know, pretty, pretty smart business really looking at it relative to how important that position is. You know, it's funny, Mike. I would love to hear Sean Payton's answer to that exact question three years ago before he ever had a stint at Fox because he's talking like an analyst in these answers. He's, he's going big picture, talking about the history of the game. Like, you can tell that he did TV for a couple of years. It's so apparent in these answers he's giving. How does that, how do, how do you get through to a 23-year-old football <laughs> player with that? You know, right? some yeah. of these guys, like you say, they're, you know, they have these great coaching careers, and then they leave it and they do some TV, and they come back, and they realize they didn't miss a day. They missed 10 years or something. Yeah. Uh, so here's another one. Um, all right, Coach. Listen, you know, scoring in the red zone is down, like, league-wide. What do you think defenses are doing down there? Um, good question. I would say the one thing – that's different for me from coming back after a year is, you know, there, there are a lot of teams playing this red three pretty well. Um, you know, offenses with the turbo and the jet sweep motion, there's certain defenses that are a little bit easier to adjust to it. Now in the red zone, 
I can't, I can't speak for the season, and I'd like to be not involved in that trend. Um, but that being said, you know that I know it's always a long night. Uh, there's a lot you study. It starts with the running game. I've said that before, and uh, you know we we need to be better in that area. I think we started off the season pretty well, and then you know of late it has hasn't been as good, um, and so. You know, those third down snaps in the red zone are, are real critical. I've said this before, you know, it's a four-point play, really. If a third down's converted in the red zone, there's this big jump in touchdown percentages. Um, and then what you do on third down in the red zone may not be what you do on third down in the field, obviously, because of your space. So, um, you know, a lot of attention to detail from, from a league standpoint. Um, you know, I was aware that we talked about it, you know, the other day. So um, we just got to focus on what we're seeing. Well, and Mike, with the Vic Fangio defense kind of taking such a strong hold in the league the last couple of years, that, that's a defense you're designing a, a lid over everything, right? You want two high safeties. You want to force a team to march up and down the field. And, and you really are okay with the team moving in between the 20s. But maybe now teams are, are making a little addition to that style of defense. I was like, okay, well, now we're also going to figure out how to get stops in the red zone because we're making it easier for teams to march slowly but surely into the red zone. We got to get stops once they get there. And maybe teams are, are just getting a little bit of a good sense on how to do that. Maybe that's a, a league-wide trend as well. Well, when Coach Patton, Payton you know, talks about this red three, I think that means the cover three yep. in the red zone. I'm actually going to ask LaFleur if he knows what a red three is and see if he can identify it. So... Uh, you know, I mean, some, sounds like Sean Payton needs a good nap. But in the meantime, uh, I asked Lafleur about, you know, is who is the best weapon that you expect Russell Wilson's going to have Sunday afternoon? How's Jerry Judy doing? Is, is that the number one guy your secondary has to look for? No, I think they got multiple guys. I think they do a good job of implementing all those guys. But uh, Judy's certainly a guy that's extremely talented. He's got really good run after the catch. Um, so he's a guy that you absolutely have to know where he's at. See, that's a coach's answer. Uh, Peyton was giving analyst answers. That's a coaching answer. Like, oh, no, they're all good, and, and Jerry Judy's super talented, and, and there's a lot of good things that he'll do, so we have to pay attention to him. Like, that's that's a football coach's answer. Peyton, that sounded like a guy doing TV. Did you get that uh, Russell Wilson bumper montage yet? I got it right now. Okay. I... Russell <laughs> Wilson. This guy is such a not, like – Trying to not be a jerk, Russell Wilson. I've, I've is been such around him. Note. Listen, he he played for the Badgers, and, and but but you know something when he was with the Seahawks, um, at, at at the Super Bowl, he'd be there and talking, and you'd have these great conversations, and all of a sudden, Marshawn would come into the room to say nothing or to say I don't want to get fined, mm-hmm. and 150 reporters went over there and left Russell Wilson with an empty table at the Super Bowl. You listen to the, listen to what he said in the last week here. It was a good day today. I thought we had a great practice today. You know, the little short little weekend where guys got to recover and get ready to rock and roll. Jerry and I are really close. You know, um, they have a really good relationship. I, I think the thing with Jerry um, is he's one of the most talented guys in this league. Um, he'll he'll do his thing and he'll be ready to rock this week. I think the big thing is just just getting ready for this week and, and getting ready to rock and roll. <sighs> this guy beats his mic. I swear to God, it's not going to ruin my week, but it's going to come close. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be annoyed as hell when I come in on Monday at 10 o'clock and talk to Bill. Russell Wilson is the guy that beats my team this weekend. I'm going to be frustrated. All right. Let's take a pause while I stew on that. Let's rock and roll for five minutes. We'll come back. More with Mike Clemens coming up next on The Bill Michaels Show. 
covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, no, it's, it's tough uh, playing elevation. I play a little bit, you know, Colorado, Wyoming. So it's it's tough. It's just something that you got to, you know, be mentally strong and just know that, you know, breathing is going to be a little bit different. You know, obviously the ball might come out a little bit different. I, I don't think I ever had any problems throwing the ball um, with it. But uh, I think it's mostly just breathing. You know, your legs get a little heavier. So but you just got to have that, that mental toughness, just be able to fight through it, just know what's going to happen, and just be able to fight through that. Bill Michaels Show, it's the voice of Jordan Love. Preparing for the elevation, Mike Clemens is here to discuss with us. He's brought to us by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, and comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau. Perfect for families, and the Bay Family Restaurant is cooking up family-style meals seven days a week, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Go online for reservations, baymotelgreenbay.com. Little Joe Walsh. Mike Clemens is here. Mike, you ever party with Joe Walsh back in the day? I, I bet you did. Come on now. Uh, no, I did not. I have not had a chance to interview him. Uh, I've got buddies that, that have. There's one thing, uh, I, you know, at the times I've gone to Denver, it's because we were there to cover a Packers game. But I've mm-hmm. got a buddy that I went to college with at UWM in Milwaukee, and he's been out there now uh, several years, and he picked me up at the airport. And after we, I like to check out the stadium the day before or maybe we do an update, you know, from the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he said, you want to see Red Rock? I said, oh, you know, I've never seen a concert there. I'd, I'd love to. Let's. So he takes me there, and then they, it's like an open park. You can mm-hmm. uh, Still, I hope, you can just walk in, and there's a stage. So then let's go up to the last row to, you know, just see the scenery and, and how great it is. We get to the top step, and I'm like, dude, I'm out of shape. I'm like out of breath. And he said, no, that's the thin air, stupid. Like, oh, Oh, okay. Well, we asked Rich Bisaccia, who's been there several times with the Raiders, taking on the Broncos. You know, is it the thin air you're concerned about? Or, you know, baseballs are supposed to fly longer up there in Colorado. Is it that way for, like, kicks on special teams? Yeah, I think the wind is always a factor as well, you know, up there. We've played up there a bunch um, in the last conference I was in, so we'll see what kind of day we get. Uh, The weather can change there quickly. It can change from quarter to quarter and half to half, but it does travel well in Colorado and, and um, you know, going home for, for our kicker to play, you know, close to home. So we'll see what the weather's like, but it'll be the same for both teams. Did anybody ask Rich Bisacci? I get the elevation stuff. That's 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 cool. You know, that's unique to this week. Did anybody ask Rich why Keyshawn Nixon is running kicks out of the end zone and setting this offense up at the 12-yard line over and over and over again, Mike? Did that come up? I know that's not related to elevation, but... Important. I think we did. I think we did a couple of weeks ago, and he ta- he's you know had the talk with him, but at the same time, you know, he trusts him, and they, yeah. you know, they want him to be the spark in games. I think what really we need as a spark is the offense. And uh, you talk to any of these national former defensive coaches, mm-hmm. and they all say, when Aaron Jones isn't on the field, you got a completely different game plan with young Jordan Love there under center. I mean, if Aaron Jones is in the backfield, you have to change your game plan because he is one of the more explosive players in the NFL. And so he hasn't been out there except for the, the Bears game and a couple of snaps against the Lions because of this hamstring injury. And then just before the Raiders game, I was out there the Saturday afternoon practice before we fly out to Vegas to chase him on Monday night football, and he tweaks it. And then he goes he's, when he's running a route in the end zone – he goes up to LaFleur and says, I, I think I just did something again. 
And LaFleur said, you know, dude, you haven't looked 100% all week. You know, and he, and then he told him, you know, it's okay. Let, let's not go Monday night. And, and you know, Aaron Jones wants to, but he's understanding, all right, you're still not ready yet. So that's why he ended up getting inactive for that game. But Jordan Love needs that running game. And so you put in A.J. Dillon, he had some runs, but they've got 31 sitting on the bench. This Emmanuel Wilson, the kid out of a small college in, in Georgia, undrafted, who – you know, continues to sit on the bench. He's got the speed. He's got the breakaway speed. Why don't they mix it up with him? In the meantime, the guy who has been your number three running back that you keep on bringing up through the practice squad and elevating and also plays on special teams is number 27, Patrick Taylor. They released him on Tuesday. And maybe maybe they're done with him over and all. So I asked A.J. Dillon, what's the deal? Patrick Taylor gets cut. You got Emmanuel Wilson, the, the rookie, sitting there. I mean, I, I know it's hard sometimes for a running back to get on but isn't this a need right now yeah i mean uh we got a talented room i mean you, you know there's every you, i mean you brought up patrick i mean he's a guy who's been here since my rookie year i know he was on draft and everything but you know he was a heck of a player heck of a you know teammate um as far as emmanuel i really don't like to talk too much about other players but what i can say is he's a great dude great teammate and he comes out to work every day and his progress um, I mean, from when he's gotten here to week in, week out, um, he's really improving and continuing to go out there and show, you know, why he is here. I think people lose sight. You know, he's on the 53-man roster. There's less than 2,000 people playing in the NFL right now. So, uh, you know, he's obviously a great player. Opportunities come. I mean, you, you brought it up. I was second-round pick. I, I think I only had less than 50 carries my rookie year. You show up where you can. Availability is the best thing you can be. Uh, it's a long season, as we brought up. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities. You just got to wait for your number to be called. And, you know, I think he's done a good job stepping in when they have put him out there. It's really good perspective from A.J. Dillon. I can see why the Packers like him so much, even though his performance this year hasn't been stellar. But it's worth a shot, right, Mike? Like, we've noticed the first couple of weeks with it, with Aaron Jones, without Aaron Jones, it's like they have a running game versus they don't have a running game. And something needs to be done to try to make that not the case because your entire running game can't just be one guy. My sense is they think that Emmanuel Wilson is a talent and something they'll use maybe next year, just like they did A.J. Dillon, that there's that, you know, there's more things that they want to see better in pass protection. They want to see better in route running, all those kinds of things, and he's not there yet, so they're not going to waste it. They're not going to put him on the field. All right, so here's another thing. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, who's his go-to guy? His tight end, Travis Kelsey. So let's talk about the tight end position. How's that come along? You've got Tucker Craft, one of those two tight ends that they more like the blocking guy. And, you know, he works very hard. He's very open. He's a good source, quite frankly, to talk about what's going on in some of those team meetings. And he had to think about it when I said, you know, I see you hustling. I see you looking for somebody to hit downfield. But are you are you always hitting the right guy? Uh I definitely the biggest thing just comes down to communication. Um and I'd say if, in a, in a lot of the schemes, um, sometimes you are just looking for a guy to block. Um, it might be it might be a DB coming down to the second level from the third level. So it just it just it depends on the run scheme. But a lot of times we know who we're going to. We know who's targeted. Um, you're always just kind of looking for some contact. Put a put a blow on somebody. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't feel like I'm ever running around with my head cut off, that's for sure. Well, the NFL is also cracking down, it seems, every other game I'm watching, Mike. A lot of ineligible man downfield type of things, and that's been an issue with this Packers O-line and with some of their blocking up front. And that's something you got to factor in with a rookie tight end like Tucker Craft. And Matt LaFleur has said tight end, other than quarterback, is the hardest position to play as a rookie on offense, at least. Yeah, the week leading up to week one and the opener against the Bears, people are saying, what do you think you're going to see? And I said, a lot of penalties. Yeah. A lot of false starts, you know. And actually, that was a pretty clean game. As the season was worn on, they seemed to have had those early penalties and the, you know, third and 18 kinds of uh, situations. And they, you know, the, the get back calls, like LaFleur talks about it. So here's the other thing it's Luke Musgrave. I mean, that's the star, six foot six, and with great speed. And, you know, he just still seems to be out of sync. And so we talked to LaFleur about. You know, how is Luke Musgrave coming along? I mean, why isn't he more of a go-to guy right now available to Jordan Love? I think he's doing a great job. I think every day we go out on that field, there's something that kind of clicks for him. We had a good one today where he's just running a, a simple over route and ran it in routes versus air and kind of talked about it after what I observed. And these guys got to understand, especially in the passing game, I think there's, you, you love it when guys go 100 miles an hour. And that, that's how Luke attacks everything. Everything is just full speed, but there's also a feel to it in terms of when can you tempo down so you don't run through zones so fast that you end up getting covered up. So I think that is the thing that he's starting to get a better feel for just you know through repetition, whether it's practice or in the game. But uh, going back to that route, so he, of course, he did it in, in routes versus air, and he went 100 miles an hour. And I'm like, just, you don't have to go 100, maybe 90 miles an hour. And he did it in, in the team rep, and he looked, and it looked better, and it was well executed. And, you know, it's just, but that's a feel thing because, and you'd rather have guys with that mindset, with that mentality and try to kind of rein them back a little bit. I appreciate Matt LaFleur sharing that with us, like a legit concrete example of development that a player is going through because we hear they're young well tell us a little bit what that's like and i appreciated hearing that from lafleur yesterday that's a great great uh observation and it shows you know that the guy is detail-oriented and doing his job <laughs> it's like we were joking around it's you know if you rob a 7-eleven you don't just start running through the store yeah <laughs> people yep. know oh there's a robber you just kind of casually walk in you know and then once you once you grab what you want then you show your you're burst after the catch, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And now, now Luke Musgrave, do you remember that they ran a fourth and one and it looked like they were going to try and go for it, but actually all they were trying to do is get the Raiders to jump off sides and they mm -hmm. didn't. Mm -hmm. And Musgrave comes to the sidelines. You know, you and I and Bill talked about this after the game. Um, I mean, LaFleur just tears him a new one. Just, I was looking at this through the binoculars and I asked Bill, he goes, oh yeah, no, we saw that on TV. I mean, that's like the most heated I've seen LeFleur ever rip any player in the last four or five years, except for maybe Quay Walker when he got uh, disqualified from games. And so, uh, you know, all right, you love your boy Luke Musgrave, but you sure gave him a ripping there on Monday Night Football. Did they show that on, on TV? Oh, it's bad luck. It's bad ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he made a mistake. He made a mistake and certainly unintentional, and those are going to happen. And quite frankly, I think that's a good thing that if I'm getting after him because I know he's capable of not making that mistake. And 
He's a guy that we have a lot of faith in, and I think he's going to continue to grow. It's going to be a process. It won't be overnight. I think all of us want everything done like yesterday, but he's a guy that I think I really believe that every time we go out there, he, he gets better at something. He's so intentional, so focused. He's very intelligent, super coachable, and I think he loves the game. And so it's it's fun to coach a guy like that. Let's take one final break, Mike. We can come back and we'll have plenty of time to to kind of give parting thoughts and shots as, as the team prepares to travel out to Denver for this game on Sunday. We'll take one final break, come back and wrap up the Bill Michaels Show next with Mike Clemens. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. Now, if you believe in all the rules of drama, Brett Favre is the to either win it or lose it. You know what I mean? Either makes some great touchdown pass or he gets intercepted. He wanted in his hands. He's been a star for so long. This seems to this stage would seem to suit Brett Favre. Ryan Grant, the running back. Play action from the 18. Want it all deep down the field. It is holding oh. by Greg Jennings. The Packers win it overtime. Unbelievable. Brett Favre does it again. An 82-yard game-winning touchdown to Greg Jennings. And the Packers are 6-1. Oh, Mike. Got me in my feels. It's the Bill Michaels Show. We're wrapping up here with Mike Clemens. Thanks to the Bay Motel in Green Bay. It's the perfect place to stay with the family if you're going to a Packer game. Family restaurants right there. BayMotelGreenBay.com. Mike Clemens, you probably have many great memories over the years of Packers, Broncos. Now, Russell Wilson, this Broncos team has never gotten a win. Russell Wilson has never won at Lambeau Field. But this game is in Denver. A little different story this weekend. That play is one of my all-time favorites of covering this team forever because I was in the end zone about 30 yards behind Favre under center. And Javon Walker, who had gotten 2005, got through with that contract stuff, a first-round pick, you know, he moved on from the Packers. He got a deal with the Broncos, messed up his knee again. He Remember, he tore out his ACL his, uh, in 2005 uh, when he was still with the Packers. And so he was sitting out in the press box, and I could see his silhouette. And when Favre threw that ball, and he's there stuck with Jay Cutler, I saw him hmm. get up and walk, his shadow get up and walk out of the empty 
Denver Broncos suite. Like, you know, I should have stayed in Green Bay. It was just awesome. So the current quarterback, Jordan Love, Ronica is his girlfriend, and she started posting some things about a month or two ago. It was kind of fun, teasing him about, what's that thing about tickling silly body or something? And the players showed up with T-shirts. Did you see that? I did not see it. No, I did not see yeah. this. He, yeah, he said, yeah, he said that it's not ticklish. He goes, it makes me like silly body or something like that. <laughs> so she made t- the players made T-shirts and greeted him at work with that. You know, silly body, what is that? And another thing is that she is a professional volleyball player. She signed with the pro team in San Diego. And so Love said that, was asked about spending some time out there during the bye week with his girlfriend that's going to be this volleyball player. Jordan, you said that Ronica signed in San Diego. Mm-hmm. What's it like having a partner that's as high a level athlete as you? Is she pushing you as well? Is she calling you after games, kind of scout things? No, it's awesome. Um, you know, she's the best. Um, obviously, us both being in professional uh, sports, you know, it's you know, I'm proud of her for you know, it's a challenge, it's a grind. It's not easy making it there. Um, and you know, this is going to her fourth year playing. So uh, she's done a great job. And obviously, she pushes me. Um, I think it's great having a partner that. It's kind of in that same field and is able to understand it, understand what you go through, and able to just kind of push you every day. Um, we push each other, and I think it works out, helps us out. Nice crocs. <laughs> Thank you. Nice crocs, says Mike Clemens. That was the correct answer, by the way. That's what you're supposed to say about well, your Well, I looked down when he's talking about the girlfriend who's teased him on social media about he wears crocs, and now she's got them too. And I looked down, so I just said, oh yeah, nice crocs. <laughs> Uh, we got we got 30 seconds, Mike. Any final comments or final leans towards this game on Sunday? Yeah, Lafleur is about to talk, and we want to find out how come Jair Alexander didn't have his yeah. helmet on today at practice. Maybe Hello. Eric Stokes will have a role before too long. Maybe that problem, that champagne problem, will take care of itself. Well, I appreciate right. you, Mike. Safe travels this weekend. Thank you for the coverage. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Grant. Have a good one, Mike Clemens on Twitter at Mike Clemens NFL Packers. Broncos, 3 o'clock Sunday. Enjoy the game. Bill's Green and Gold postgame show on all these same platforms immediately to follow. Zone Madison app, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere where Bill is, you can get that show. I'm going to take off my show at 4 o'clock tonight, but for the rest of you, time for me to go. Have a good one. Peace.